You've played the missions, but do you really know the lore? We are here to be your guides. Your guardians. This is Guardians of Lore. Good morning, good afternoon, good evening, and good night, Guardians. Welcome to Guardians of Lore. This is episode 154, recorded August 29th, 2022. The topic for this episode is Shira's Story, Season of the Haunted Atavistic Armor. I'm going to be your host this time. I am Elamist. Hey, I'm Orchid. Hey, Orchid. Hello. Uh, so we got some podcast info. We encourage feedback. That can be sent to us on Twitter at Guardians underscore Lore at hey it's orchid or at i underscore am underscore elemist you can email us at guardians underscore lore at outlook.com you can leave us a five-star review wherever you find the podcast uh and you know what if you want to just jump into our discord and talk to us the invite is down in the episode description but if you want to just type it out it's discord.gg slash lore hub if you'd like to support the podcast, you can visit ko-fi.com slash guardians underscore lore. Every little bit helps. Thank you. We appreciate it. You can also... Yep. <laughs> <laughs> Mostly. <laughs> Completely. <laughs> Shut up. You can also find our info on thelorenetwork.com, alongside many impressive lore content creators. We're still there! <laughs> Don't know for how much longer, but yeah. Forever. <laughs> I've decided to not delete us. It's been a saga. Yeah. Oh my God. It's been a roller coaster ride. It has. <laughs> I'm not deleting us. Congratulations, go us. <laughs> uh, so, checking the postmaster, we've been getting lots of nice notes in Discord, on Twitter, in email, and we just we wanted to thank every one of you. Thank you. They all mean a lot to us. And we don't always mention all the nice notes that we get on Discord and on Twitter, specifically to us, because we usually just like mention when people have money attached to them. <laughs> um, <laughs> but thank you. Seriously, they really make our day. So thanks so much. We really do appreciate it. Yeah. I mean, like, so much. Early, earlier tonight, we had somebody in the Discord say that you know they, they were sad because they finally caught up with all the episodes and you know they, they seriously want us to keep going with this destiny lore book club so like it just it's little notes like that that just help us it, it helps reinforce the positive vibes we want to put into the podcast it really does and it's just really nice that that kind of thing is that people feel comfortable enough to say that to us. And like, I was having a really bad day and that like completely and utterly changed everything. Right. It was really nice. Right. So <laughs> thank you. I never, like, I just like feel like our podcast is super dumb. And <laughs> like the fact that anyone like actually enjoys it enough to say that, like, <laughs> I don't know. It was really nice. So and, and thank you. And the way I've been coming at it is that we bring. I actually, I think you said it best before we actually started recording. We bring the blue collar destiny lore perspective. You know, it, 
we're honest about whether we've read it or not. We try and figure out how it all places together. And as you guys saw or heard last week, you know, we sit here and we actually do analysis spur of the moment to figure out, okay, was this actually real? (laughs) Yeah, we kind of like fit it together as we're talking about it. We don't do the big like behind the scenes talking about it and discerning it like what you get in the podcast is really kind of what you get honestly like we don't do a whole lot of editing what like rindle makes us sound really good but we don't do like a whole lot of hocus pocus behind the scenes so what the fuck right like this is really all it is it's just the two of us talking and so like and we've been friends for a really long time so it's really just like two friends talking about the lore and <laughs> we want you guys to enjoy talking about the lore with us. So we just want, yeah, it's a book club. We just want to talk yeah. about the lore with you. Yeah. And have you guys experienced it with us? Like, and we, as long as like we make it silly and fun, because like, <laughs> I don't think it should be like super serious. Like the lore doesn't have to be serious. A lot of the lore is super dumb. Like, don't take it seriously. Like it's fun, especially stuff with like Drifter or Cade or like. Oh my god, Marcus Drifter's Ren. so weird. Marcus Ren is weird. Like <laughs> Sparrow jousting, please. He <laughs> <laughs> and Amanda Sparrow jousting. I don't even remember what Sparrow that was on, but like, come on. But that's the thing. Like, come on. There's there's so much out there, and it doesn't have to be just gloom and dread absolutely not it it's, can be fun and we yeah. want to make it fun for you exactly so thank you so much please tell us when you like it <laughs> we like to hear your comments we really do i mean if you want to just tell itunes you can do that too but we prefer <laughs> hearing it from you and you know we did have one person who uh decided to tell us by supporting the podcast uh on ko-fi and that is Boss Sim 99. Thank you. <gasps> Thank you so much for your monies. <laughs> so you can give it to Rindle, finally. Yeah. Rindle, you're not going to starve to death this month. You can finally buy shoes for your feetsies. Oh, God. What have we done? What? <laughs> Given him the autonomy to walk around <laughs> with feet. Shoes. But, but now that means he can wander away from the desk. Oh, shit. <laughs> we can't allow that to happen. We'll just tell Sammy, his wife, that she can take them away from him. <laughs> It'll be fine. It'll be fine. It'll be good. Don't worry. We've got this. We've got this. It'll be good. It'll be fine. Absolutely. Yeah. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. So, this week at Guardians of Lore, the Twoggle... This one's mm-hmm. going to be a bit long. Yep. Sorry, folks. Uh, so Bungie had their their video extravaganza. Oh, my God. You remembered what I called it. <laughs> I'm so impressed. How did you remember? Flashcards. Is it because you did? Oh, flashcards. I was going to say, is it because you don't remember what it was actually called? No, it was a showcase. Uh, I'm just impressed that you remembered <laughs> it was called Video Extravaganza. So, uh, we got a preview uh-huh. of Lightfall. 
<laughs> yeah, Neptune, Spider-Man, Splicer, Electric Sheep, Lime Twizzlers. And see, I thought of it more like Mr. Chef Infinite meets Tron. I think mine's better. Yours is very descriptive. Neptune, Spider-Man, Splicer, Electric Sheep, Lime Twizzlers. Yeah, very descriptive. Sparkle Fingers. So they showcased a new subclass called Strand. Yes. Which, like, to me is like if Siva just kept getting more futuristic. It's like future well, Siva. Well, right? from, from what it sounded like, it's Guardians seeing into the psychic plane and pulling it into reality. Right. So, like, the psychic warfare that we've been dealing with this past year uh-huh. is playing into that. Interesting. And it also sounded like our Guardians were the very first to dive into it. Ooh. Well, because, like, last time... I don't know how I feel about that. Because, like, last time we with Stasis, we had Elsie and... Eris, who dove into it, and and Drifter, you know, before we did. But this time, we're the ones first diving in. So that's going to be interesting. And I'm pretty sure we had a, like, five-second clip of, like, your favorite thing in the world, of Destiny at least. You mean sweet meats? Yes. Callous sweet meats, but he was naked. I mean... Why would he want those clothes to burden him? I wouldn't. <laughs> I would never want Callus to be burdened by clothing. I would want Callus to be free. <laughs> um, Unburdened, unfettered by clothing. <laughs> so he can roll around in the sweetmeats. So we can see him in all his opulence. In all of his glory. Yes, all of his opulence. <laughs> um... Oh my god! But no, so so the preview was awesome. Like it's it's it was so good. It's got everybody hyped. Like even my girl, my girlfriend who was like borderline on Destiny because last mm-hmm. season just wasn't her thing. Like she's dealing with her own trauma right now, and so like diving into the trauma of other characters wasn't great. But like that got her excited. So then she was asking, okay, so new season started, right? Yeah. All right, let's let's do this. And with the new season came Arc 3.0. Orchid, what are your thoughts? Oh my god. So I like it and I don't. I think Warlock's got the short end of the stick on this because it's pretty much what we already had. For Warlocks, it's more like you just got reorganized. Yeah, it really is. I can use Andes with everything now, which I'm like, hooray, Andes. Because, <laughs> you know, like me and Andes, they go together. For people who have not listened to this podcast, which everyone seems to start at the first episode, but every episode is someone's first episode. Andes are Arc Buddies. That's their name. <laughs> I don't know why you wouldn't know that, but here we are. Uh <laughs> My friend Mandy named them Andes, and um, they've always just been called Andes. It's stuck. Now everyone calls them Andes, and if you don't, I, it's, I'm sorry for you. <laughs> they're just, they are Andes. That's what they're called. And it seems everyone I play with now calls them Andes. 
And it like, it does not matter if I've played with you for five minutes or five years. Everyone seems to just call them Andes now. It's, it's infectious. It is because they're, it's just a good name for them. I'm like, here's some Andes. And people are like, oh, thanks. I appreciate <laughs> that. I'm like, yeah, you're welcome. Just a, It's a good name. It's nice to have them and I can still use like Chaos Reach. Love Chaos Reach. You know, I'm a Chaos Reach main. <laughs> Really like it. It's super toxic in PvP. But well, I mean, it's a Kamehameha. I know. And you know, you know how I abused that like back before it was nerfed. <laughs> yeah. But at the same time, it's like now with Ionic Traces, which everyone has, and that was like very much a warlock thing. It doesn't give you your super back, which is bullshit. And it's like Everything that Warlocks had have, have been nerfed now. And with all the 3.0 classes, it's like you have to run the class of the season that it is because that's what the seasonal mods are for. Because that's what buffs that class. So if you don't run that seasonal class, then you're just you're running at a disadvantage. Because now my solar isn't as good as it was last season. Well, and that's just the truth. It, it is to an extent. It to an extent, but it's not. Well, because like because I don't have I don't have the mods that make it as explosive as it was. I don't right. have the mods that have classy restoration. I don't have the mods that do half the things that right. gave me like the extra buffs that gave, that I had before. So no, it's not as good as it was. And it's same with void two seasons ago. What I'm saying is currently like as of recording, you know, August 29th. Mm -hmm. uh, well, there, there is a bug that Titans and warlocks don't get resilience when on arc yeah it's bullshit <laughs> so that's why i'm saying like to an extent oh no it's not even i run it like 20 resilience anyway so that does not affect me it affects you well like it affects me though like i play at a tier 9 tier 10 for resilience so like right but for me it doesn't affect me at all what it does affect for me though is that or it just in general, it's like every 3.0 class is, it feels like the season after, they feel just kind of half-baked. It's like you need the seasonal mods to make them feel good and like make your builds work. It's like, okay, well, I have these all these builds, but they require the seasonal mods. So like, why make a build that requires a seasonal mod if I can, if they now don't work. I think it's more along the f the lines of like becoming so reliant on the seasonal mod because I mean it's given to us for the season. So then once it it goes away, it feels like there's a hole. It's something's missing. I think it does, but also I mean maybe buff your class in the first place. And don't make it feel so weak that it needs the seasonal mod. Well, and and that's the thing. I, I think it's more along the, the lines of the fact of like you add on the seasonal mod 
because it's it's out for the season that you know the the new subclass dropped and mm-hmm. that means that you you slap it on and you slap all the other ones on and that sets your base level of like what you expect right rather than playing with the subclass without the seasonal mods and being like okay this is what i'm i'm expecting next season when these things aren't around Mm-hmm. So I, I think it, it boils down more to expectations because of how people are jumping into the content. I don't know. I mean, a part of me wishes either don't put out seasonal mods that buff your subclasses so much that you become like so overpowered that you almost require them. Because Arc doesn't feel nearly as powerful as Solar did. It feels almost disappointing because they didn't put out things like Solar, like the Solar mods with this season, you know? And that's fair. So it's not that it feels disappointing. It's just like not, it's not as like, wow. It's missing that wow factor. Yeah. It's not, it's, it's not giving me as many problems as I thought it would, like visually, which is really nice. Um, some of the seasonal content is like not super great. Uh, I I cannot play PvP anymore. Like the hunter, like throw a staff in the ground, super, like immediately sets off like a seizure, and I'm like, cool, no thanks, <laughs> goodbye. That sucks. So PvP is no longer for me. I can I can't play it anymore. And that sucks. So, yeah, because I really like PVP. I wanted to finish on my Iron Banner seal and I like playing Trials. Those are two things I really really enjoy. And I won't be able to anymore because Arc is going to be required. Yeah. Because that's what it's how they do it. It's like, "Oh, new season, you're going to have to use Arc because that's what we do." Like New season who dis use use arc. So if I'm gonna want any progress, I'm gonna have to use arc if I want to play PvP. Neat. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I have found like in the seasonal content like places to hide uh in certain rooms that totally absolutely like set off seizures immediately. So I can do the seasonal content like in the catch crash and not have a seizure. <laughs> and my friends have been like really nice about it. They're like, oh, yeah, you just hide wherever you need to. It's fine. I'm like, cool. Thanks. Thanks for being so nice about it. But it's fun. Like seasonal story. Pirates. Let's go. Right. How are you liking it? How are you loving the seasonal story? I actually am really enjoying it. Oh my gosh, me too. With last season? Were you expecting the whiplash? I, I was not. <laughs> I I totally was not. Like last season was very oh, no. heavy. And like mm-hmm. it, it was just, it was a lot of heavy topics. You know, dealing with, mm-hmm. with people's trauma and PTSD and, you know, helping them grieve. And like it was just, it was a lot of heavy topics. Oh, I know, right? And then- as soon as the, the showcase happened and Bungie's like, hey, space pirates. It's like, I know. what? 
It was like a complete 180. I was not expecting it. Right. Like all of a sudden, Space Pirates. Right. And I was like, oh, boy. Okay. Neat. But, <laughs> but what? But it was something that I didn't realize we needed. Like, we just yeah. we needed a season that... There, there are still stakes, but, like, it's not heavy like last season. Yeah, the stakes are a lot less. Now, like, don't get me wrong. I loved the story from last season. It was phenomenal. Yes. But it was very heavy. <laughs> and I, I don't know any other word to describe it other than that. It was rough last season's story. And it made me cry a lot. <laughs> and I have yet to cry doing this story so far. Granted, we've only played, this is Monday, we've only done one week. So we could still cry. I mean, now that Ido is back and we've met Ido. Oh my God. Finally, she is precious. Must protect. Um, she, oh my God, with everything. She's the most precious of all the everythings. She actually reminds me a little bit of like Liara to Sony from Mass Effect 1. Not like Liara to Sony shadow broker. I'm going to stab you in the throat with my ballpoint pen. Like the Liara to Sony when she was like, ooh, ooh, I'm going to do research and <laughs> like discover more things. And I am like the youngest PhD ever. Like I'm only 105 years old. Like, Ooh, like young Liara to Sony must protect. Like, <laughs> like, is anyone out there? Like, I'm stuck in a bubble. Can anyone hear me? I'm stuck in this bubble. <laughs> I've been here for days. Like, I, ha I haven't had any food or water and I'm seeing things. Like, I haven't played Mass Effect, but like, I know the type of character that you're talking about. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Because they're used in all other kinds of like storytelling. But yeah, she she is just she is precious. I'm calling it now. There's gonna be a betrayal between Spider and her. Oh, definitely. That's definitely gonna happen. Yeah. But I think it's really the other way around. I think he's going to betray Mizrax. Yeah. Because, oh, called him a charlatan. Charlatan. Yeah. May the light, because she says, may the light provide. And Spider says, may the light provide Mizrax, you old charlatan. You've built quite the house of cards here. Yeah, I don't like that. I think he knows something that none of us know. We're going to find out what that is this season. Yeah. And yeah, we might learn some like really nasty truths about him, but we know that he like wasn't a great person before. Well, and and I mean, it, a lot of it boils down to the fact that they were at war with us. Yeah. I mean, we've done unspeakable things to the Elixni and they've done unspeakable right. things to us. Like it, it's, it's wartime. I, I, right. It depends on how much leniency you want to give them. 
because, you know, they're trying to renounce their old ways. So I, I just, I'm looking at it and I'm like, he may be different than what he was previously, but that's because he sees what he wants to be and he's pushing himself toward that path. It's just like, you know, if, if hell, honestly, myself, for years, I was not the happy-go-lucky person that I am now. But I saw where I wanted my personality to be, and I saw where I wanted my happiness to be, like my my level of fulfillment in my life. And I started pushing myself down a certain path so that I could get to that point. So, like, it's a lot of the same ideas. Sometimes that's all you can do is just kind of push yourself to do and be what you want to be or see yourself in a certain position or exactly see yourself a certain way and then just kind of believe it. And if you want to be a better person or a nicer person, I was really shitty in high school. Like I was not a nice person. I had to make a really concerted effort to become a nice person. And and you have. And I think it's just because like I don't I saw the kind of person I was and I didn't want to be that person anymore. So Yeah. Same kind of idea. And and like it was the same for me, but it was after high school. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Like I just the same kind of idea. I saw all the anger that I had and you know, I was just constantly depressed and I I decided I didn't want that to be my life. Mm-hmm. That's all we can do. And I mean And so I think we'll see that Mistrax development. Exactly. Hopefully. And also I'm excited that we have Spider back. I missed Spider. Nah. Especially since the only I know you don't like him, but the only thing that we got about Spider was on the Guardian Games armor. So I'm glad we got like actual spider back and not like spider in like a weird (laughs) container that we picked up. Okay. That was one of the best things though. That was very funny. Like it was very funny. It was like the fact he the drop pod weird container. The fact he got pissed because we saw that he was in the container. That was amazing to me. It's like hiding in luggage. And then shipping yourself somewhere. <laughs> it's so funny. I thought it was great. Oh, that was so funny. Oh, and, um, that really is it. Yeah, it really was. It was like I shipped myself somewhere. So no one knew that I shipped myself somewhere. <laughs> and like in the meantime, Aramis fucking unthawed herself finally. Yeah. We knew what was happening. But you wrote down Aramis thaws her frozen heart and picks up command of how salvation thaws her frozen heart. That's not what happened. I read the lore book. (laughs) The darkness unthawed her. Like, come on now. Like, the witness unthawed her. Well, technically, Rolk unthawed her or something. I think the witness unthawed her. The new house salvation also comprises of rogue cabal. <laughs> like, I don't know how that works. Right? Like, like, fine. Okay. Like, house salvation is just like whomever at this point. It's just like whatever. Right. 
Like, Aramis is just going around being all like, anybody want to fight the Guardians? <laughs> yeah, who wants to be a pirate? Who wants to walk around it's, with a death wish? <laughs> it's like, who wants to be a pirate with me? Who wants to fight Guardians? You're probably going to die, but cool. <laughs> You're probably going to die, but yo-ho, me hearties. Do you know what? Space pirates? Cool. <laughs> I'm, I'm here for it. Like, Catch Crash is fun. <laughs> What up? I, I agree. The other one is just a lost sector. I'm not here for yeah. it. Yeah. Why am and, I doing lost sectors? And expedition. Don't like it. Expedition feels like a public event. Yeah. Like it, it feels like an extended public event. So we're doing a super cool six man activity. Love it. Love it. It feels like you're attacking a ship from your ship and it's the master version is difficult and I like it and like it takes coordination and it's different because there's like you can go in backwards in some parts and it's not the same each time yeah it has like randomization and it's cool it's I like it it's really neat but like expedition sucks (laughs) and like the other one also sucks like yeah, <laughs> not a fan. They really, <laughs> they really caught lightning with Catch Crash. Also, yeah, they did. But the other two, not great. Also, the map pieces, the glimmer one only gives you six hundred glimmer in the end. That's not worth it. <laughs> no. Also, it's like it's like the two tokens in a blue all over again. <laughs> That's what it feels like. So, I mean, just as long as you know, as long as you're aware, when you slot that rune, you're only going to get 600 glimmer at the end. So that's that's I hope they buff that. That's like during the Curse of Osiris live stream where where they were previewing it. They did the public Mm -hmm. event and they were like, yeah. And if you turn it heroic, we're not going to tell you how it turns heroic, but you get two chests. So, you know, it's twice as rewarding. Come to find out it's two tokens and two blues. Wow. <laughs> two tokens and two blues? Man. <laughs> I fucking love Curse of Osiris. Fuck. I actually like that public event. I I didn't have as much problems with the Curse of Osiris time as everybody else did. I like the public event because I like firing myself like into space to like go over and like shoot the things and then like fire myself back because that public event is fun and it was unique just to Mercury is you could not do it anywhere else but Mercury. Catch Crash is making a whole lot more sense now. Uh-huh. <laughs> anyway. But... Uh, you also jumped into the raid this past weekend. I did King's Fall. And I just did it this, like, today. Uh, so what are, what are your thoughts? I did King's Fall back in D1 uh, several times. As did I. Yes. Uh, did you ever get the weapon? <laughs> oh, I did. I got everything from King's Fall. <laughs> did you? I I didn't ever get it. What the Really? The Touch of Malice? No, I never got it. 
Well, like the because f- I didn't do the thing to get it. That was my own fault. Oh, uh, yeah, I just didn't do it. Well, because like the first part of it is is just complete each encounter in the raid, and then there were a few other steps, and the very last part of it was get forty five calcified fragments. Yeah, I didn't want to do that part. That makes sense. Yeah. No, I got bored. I I did. I got all of it. Like I got everything from that raid. Um, I I would find LFG groups and just teach. Back in D one, that was the raid that I did the most. I did Vault of Glass the most. Vault was my favorite raid back in D one. King's Fall was my least favorite, but I'm really glad I jumped into it. It gave me a lot of like nostalgia feels. And then they went and changed a bunch of stuff. So I had less <laughs> nostalgia feels. I had a lot of angy feels. Now, like, you might not have enjoyed a lot of the changes, but I actually kind of did. I'm coming at it as someone who doesn't raid. Right. So I'm coming at it as like a casual. Right. And more of like a PvP casual. I don't do like high end PV like end game stuff. So I did do I did do challenge mode. Challenge mode was very hard. <laughs> Holy shit. Well yeah. We did not get past uh War Priest. <laughs> got stuck. <laughs> there was no getting past War Priest. Yeah, I heard that that challenge is just awful. Yeah, the, we couldn't get past it and everyone just kind of gave up. A lot of people found like LFGs and stuff to try to get past it. And I was just tired and I didn't want to. A bunch of my friends on Sunday, we got together. That was like our plan. And we were like, we're just going to do the raid. It's going to be fun. So we just kind of like fooled around and did it. Uh, A couple of us had done it before. And so and everyone else had never done the raid ever. Like never did it in D1. And it looks fantastic. Oh, yeah. Like the lighting changes and the graphical changes that they did. Like it looks so good and it's so bright. I was expecting it to be a lot darker than it was. And I didn't have any problems playing it like at all. (laughs) This is like the first thing in Destiny I've not had a problem playing. That's really good. Over a year. And that's felt really nice that I have not had a single problem playing it. And I was like really happy about that, especially with like all the taken in it. And usually I have like a problem with the taken, not a single problem. And I was like, it's because of all the light background. Because it's so bright in there, I don't have like the contrast problem. Gotcha. So it's just like. It's just, it's nice to not have to worry about stuff. So, like, I appreciate that. It's, for for that aspect, at least, it's really nice. But, um, fuck War Priest, man. Like. I, I agree with that. I hate um, that so much. <laughs> like, everything else. Like, I actually don't mind the change at Totems. I, Totems is my favorite encounter. It has always been my favorite. Because I, I like the little, like, I like running back and forth. You like the relay race aspect of it. 
Yeah, I do. I like the kind of like horde mode killing, running back and forth, the really frantic, <laughs> like, ah, like, I like that part of Destiny. Okay. Like standing on plates and running, like, that's always been a part of Destiny. And I've always liked that. Like, I like opening the vault of glass and I like that part. And okay. Even in like, the newest raid like there are parts in there as well um where you stand on plates and open stuff and i i like that same kind of thing with like enemies coming at you like i think it's like the idea of standing your ground i think does that make sense no that that does actually i like the idea of like a guardian having that power and like standing your ground and like Anakin, I have the high ground. Yes. Yes. <laughs> it's that. It's like no, it's like being that like immovable object and like having that power and like saying no to the enemy and like that kind of power fantasy. Like that's what I like. Slapping them down and telling them no. Yeah. Yeah. Kind of. Yeah. Yeah. And so like that's the kind of thing I like. Which I know sounds ridiculous because you have all this movement ability. And like, yeah, I like being able to like floof away and like floof back, but it's like holding that area and like area control. No, I, I can I can totally so, get that. Yeah, but uh War Priest is really hard. <laughs> oh my god. So I ran it with a bunch of people who already have like one, two, three clears. Um, so like they're actually on top of like what all has changed, what things need to happen. And for me, like the last time I played King's Fall was some years ago because one of my D2 buddies, you know, my clanmates decided to buy D1 to see what all the hype was. He He started with D2 and then went back to D1. So, like, it's been some years for me. But, yeah. Fuck War Priest. My team beat it on the first try. But. Congratulations. But. It's hard. But nobody had a revive token. Like. That's bonkers. <laughs> like, there were so many deaths Ew. at first. In, in, like, the first, like, wipe. the The first, like white uh taken sphere wipe We're, mechanic you weren't hiding behind its shadow i was like i was trying to get to the shadow they call or my, my team called it a little too late and i just didn't have enough time well like by the time we actually finished war priest somebody in my team was like how many revives did we have left? And I hear five people say, I didn't have a token. And I I sat there and I'm like, I didn't have a token either. We got it on the last possible try. <laughs> oh my gosh, that's crazy. I'm so glad you finished it. We got to War Priest and... We were just so burnt out and we could not really get any further. We just like hit this mental wall 
and Yule was like, can we just can we just get a checkpoint and maybe we'll just do it later? <laughs> <laughs> and uh, someone found an Oryx checkpoint. <laughs> we have an Oryx checkpoint. I think Siva, I think he just like checked out. He's just like, bye. <laughs> just left. <laughs> and everybody else was just like, yeah, I can't do this anymore. I think like like once we were done, like once I was done, I think I just like gave my phone to Rez and I'm just like burritos. I think I just like made him order his <laughs> dinner and I just like sat on the floor and wanted to cry. I'm like, I can't, I can't do this anymore. <laughs> That's the day uh, one experience. <laughs> oh my God. I just, oh, no, waiting I, is just like. So I, it's so hard. Like day one. Oh geez. No, like, I, I joke, but like, I just so tired. Yeah. Mentally. I'm just like, it's all those champions. And like, it's so like everything one shots you. Yep. And like war priest is so exhausting. Like I just, yep. Cannot. And cannot. And like that, that, that actually is how the day one experience feels like. Yeah, you just feel sapped of energy. Yeah, like because because you're coming at it like you know you're trying to problem solve. You're trying to, mm-hmm. you know, you're trying to figure out what the challenge is. Like you're you're trying to figure out at first. Like you're trying to figure out what the encounter is. You're trying to figure out what they've changed, mm-hmm. how it's changed, and then on the second way through, like. You think you have an understanding of of everything because you were able to complete the encounter beforehand, and now you're trying to figure out what the challenge is. It is mentally exhausting. I I haven't even, like, in any of my runs, I haven't even gotten to the challenge mode of anything because my team just hasn't been able to pull it all together. I I, I, I... (laughs) have... It's too many hours in, like... Honestly, it it can be rough. Good for the teams who finish it first. The one thing I do have to say about the first 24 hours, I love it. I don't raid very much, but I am like a glutton for punishment when it comes to the first 24 hours of a raid race because like I love challenge mode on everything. Like I yeah. love doing like Halo lasso runs. Like I love that. And people who've known me know that I like doing that. And, like, I love doing, like, day one, like, raids. It's great. And, like, congratulations to the team that won for the third time in a row. (laughs) What the fuck? Yeah. (laughs) I mean, I've heard, heard, like, several people who are like, oh, this is really sus. And I'm like, no, they're just really good. (laughs) Like, when you play together that much and you're all (laughs) speedrunners... Like, you know exactly how to play the game and you know how to go yeah. fast and like you're just good. So good for them. I'm I'm really proud of them. Like, good job, guys. I, I was I was holding out hope for Datto. I was too, but unfortunately. Yeah. This other team is just like on another planet. But like good job. Like seriously, like good job. <clears throat> Datto wasn't too far behind, honestly. They were not. But anyway, I've actually enjoyed King's Fall. I look forward to doing it. I, Just doing it. 
I agree with <laughs> with a lot of the changes that they've done in there. Yeah. There's still a few that I'm kind of scratching my head about, but. <laughs> the one ogre champion? Oh, my God. <laughs> Why? <laughs> I was just gonna just glance. One. Why? I was just gonna gloss over saying, "Hey, there, there are still a few, but like that one, <laughs> the one ogre champion. Why? Uh, it limits your loadout. In like they did that for Vogue as well. I know where there's like one encounter that has champions. At least th- the way they did it, you only deal with like two champions at most yeah and it's so early into the raid that you don't have to worry about loadout limitations for later encounters mm-hmm. for normal mode but yeah it, it was it was weird i i kind of sat there scratching my head and i'm like this is the only encounter yeah this is the only encounter with the champion huh that and it's just like why I know it's because it it wouldn't be hard if it didn't have it. I think it would have been like way easier. Right, because it would have been like two Xeno shots and the ogre would have been dead, even if it was a yellow bar ogre. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. So may- and I was running with Xeno because that was the only way to kill stuff really quickly. Yeah. But yeah, it, it was, I enjoyed it. I can see myself running it much more than just you know once a week it's fun i look forward to finding people to run with i think yeah it's a good time anyway lore network ad lore network ad oh now that we've finally you know beaten this dead horse the lore network even in the darkest of places the light will always find a way through If you're like me, then perhaps you're looking for a more in-depth conversation about Destiny lore. Welcome back, Guardians. My name is Samlab, and I craft bite-sized cinematic lore videos. So join me each week as I journey through some of Destiny's greatest mysteries. You can find me on youtube.com forward slash Samlab. Stay safe and Godspeed. That was such a good ad. Oh my god. So, brief intro to the topic. All the atavistic idol armor can be obtained from the Trials of Osiris. The flavor text and lore tabs are universal, so every atavistic idol chess piece, for example, uh, has the same lore tab, no matter what class it's for. This is the continuation of the story about Shayura and her fire team. You all, at this point, should know how much we love this story. Oh my god, I love this story so much. <laughs> I'm so glad we got more of it. Uh, for more about Shaira and her fire team, go back and listen to episodes 126 to 128, Little Lore, Shaira's Wrath, and Reed's Regret, and Little Lore, Aisha's Embrace. If you've never heard the story before, that's the order to listen like that that is the order the story unfolds so uh you want to kick us off i would love to this is the atavistic helmet for the hunter it is the atavistic idol mask for the titan it's the atavistic idol helmet 
for the warlock, it's the atavistic idol hood. And the flavor text reads, Her gemship was full of dead ghosts. Some of them were just pieces. They haven't determined how many dead yet. Vanguard Security Report Excerpt Earth Last City Detention Facility The warlock Shaira kneels on a pillow, eyes closed and head bowed, hands folded in her lap. The soundscape of city noise punctuated by the melody of birds and the whistling wind surrounds her. But there is no grass beneath her pillow, only cold concrete. Four holographic screens encircle Shaira, providing a semi-realistic depiction of the gardens at the center of the last city. A place of calm serenity situated in the shadow of the traveler. I exalt our forebearers, Shaira says softly. I exalt my fire team. I exalt my truth. I exalt my heart. I exalt humanity's capacity for love. This above all else, I hold true. The words feel like thick syrup in her mouth. Guilt makes it taste bitter. Her jaw trembles and throat tightens. Her mouth too dry to swallow. I exalt our forebears. Her voice wavers just a little. I exalt my fire team. Her jaw trembles. I exalt my truth. She can feel the warmth of tears on her cheeks. I, I exalt my heart. Her voice cracks. I, 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 I exalt, I exalt the human. <laughs> she breaks. Recitations turn into sobs, and Shaira slides from pillow to floor. Her shoulders heave, and she pulls her knees to her chest, crying against her legs. Dead guardians stare with hollow eye sockets when she closes her eyes. They beg for their lives. She trains a gun on them and exalts her truth. So a few things here. She's in prison at this point. Yeah. Like big old prison. And I I don't even know if she's actually had a trial yet. 
I don't think she has. I I can tell you she hasn't because I read all of these. Right. Um. Mm-hmm. And at this point, she's kind of having guilt over killing these guardians. She's actually seeing her victims when she closes her eyes. I mean, because she's seeing her victims, it leads me to believe that she feels guilt over everything she did. Or at least she's feeling something. Yeah. But then she... She's... Let's start from the beginning, at least. Let's go back to the beginning. So she's saying some sort of prayer or exaltation. It's kind of like a mantra. Right. You know, she's, she's saying, I exalt our forebearers, my fire team, my truth, my heart, humanity's capacity for love. This above all else, I hold true. Right. And I mean, there's like there's like exaltations or like prayers you can say that are like. Like exaltation of the cross or something. So there's like ones that you can say like over and over and over again. Right. Or that I don't know. So I'm assuming it's kind of like that, maybe. And is it like a is it do you think it's like a prayer, like a like a guardian light prayer, like a traveler prayer? I or is it just something she made up? I don't think it's a prayer to like the traveler or anything. I think this is more of a mantra that she kind of crafted herself. Um, it is something that when she's feeling a certain way, she's able to recite it to herself to calm her down. Mm, okay. Mm-hmm. And as we see, that doesn't work in this case. You know, like, like it says here, the words feel like thick syrup in her mouth. Guilt makes it taste bitter. Mm-hmm. And then she starts breaking. Mm-hmm. Like she, she starts, her voice starts breaking she breaks down into sobs. Yeah. As she's, you know, reciting this. Right. And that's when she just kind of like collapses into herself. You know, she she pulls her knees to her chest. She starts crying. And it, it says here, you know, dead guardians stare with hollow eye sockets when she closes her eyes. Right. And then uh, they beg for their lives. She trains a gun on them mm-hmm. and exalts her truth. Like, she's yeah. reliving some of this. I think she's definitely, um, I, maybe it's a vision or she's just, like, so traumatized. She just sees it whenever she closes her eyes. Like, it's definitely, we, we talked about her having <clears throat> PTSD. Yeah. So maybe the PTSD is just transferred from her seeing, like, the dead night or the night whenever she would close her eyes you know when she was on titan that was from the first time that we did shira's story to her killing guardians and now she realizes what she did well and and it's been a year and a half since then um right she's killed a lot of guardians since then yeah so the trigger for her ptsd might have shifted 
Right. And that's not to say that, you know, the night wouldn't trigger her again, you know, that. Right. Mm -hmm. It's just saying that there's additional triggers. Mm -hmm. I mean, stasis was a trigger. It was the darkness was a trigger. Yeah. And like people being okay with it. And then she realized that it's just like a tool, I think. Yeah. Wasn't that how she was caught in the last... I'm just trying to remember since I didn't read it. We just kind of like... In uh, Aisha's Embrace. Yeah. Yeah. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Uh, She was under the the Traveler and Mm -hmm. she kind of had that moment of clarity where she's like, darkness abilities are just a tool. It doesn't mean good or bad. It just means you have something else in your arsenal to do good or bad. Yeah. Absolutely. But she's, this is so like heart wrenchingly sad. And it's, it's hard to read because it hurts. If you've ever just felt awful and you've tried to like work through something and you just like just start crying like so much that you're just like shaking and crying, like, yeah you feel this pain like you feel this like deep sobbing like agony that she's feeling it's hard to not feel that and like feel bad for her and like feel sympathy yeah uh, and th- and that's exactly it like dealing with your own trauma it's hard not to to feel sympathy for this character who is fighting her own mental demons because she's got so much trauma. <laughs> Absolutely. Yeah. Oh. I mean, like, who among us, like, doesn't have demons of some sort that we're fighting all the time? Right. I know I do. I'm always working through my shit. <laughs> like, one day at a time. Same here. Bitch, me too, the fuck? Yeah. Anyway, do you want to read the next one? Sounds good. Okay. So these are the chess pieces. Uh, for Hunter, it's the atavistic idol vest. For Titan, it's the atavistic idol plate. And for Warlock, the atavistic idol vestment. The flavor text reads, Jump ship logs indicate that she visited Venus, the moon, the reef, and several locations on Earth. Her last position before surrendering herself was Mars. Vanguard security report excerpt. Moon, Ocean of Storms, K-1 Communion. A fallen vandal collapses to the ground, ether vapor rising from a glowing hole where his face once was. Dark blue blood sizzles around the moon. Clear! Breed 7 calls out from the top of a flight of metal stairs, the barrel of his fusion rifle still crackling with energy from the last bolt it fired. As he descends, Aisha follows and shoulders her scout rifle. Looks like they were pulling the wire out of the walls, she observes, lifting up her hand and alighting her ghost, Dunya, into the air. Check the systems here. Make sure they weren't doing anything else. Affirmative, Dunya chirps zipping off through the air toward a computer terminal. 
Aisha notices that Reed's glowing eyes are fixed on the ether wafting from the vandal's body. She spares a glance at Dunya before crossing the floor to Reed's side. Hey, she says with a hand on his arm, jostling him from his thoughts. I'm good, he lies, gingerly pulling away, just thinking. Aisha looks down at the corpse, then back up to Reed. This isn't like what Shay did on Venus. She tries to be reassuring, but it comes off as dismissive. How's it any different? He asks with a dagger's sharpness in his voice. These... They were stripping wires from the walls, Aisha. They weren't trying to hurt anyone. They opened fire on us first. We didn't even try to talk to them. Reed yells. Aisha? Dunya chirps across the room. Neither guardian hears the ghost. I'm sorry, Aisha says as she throws her arms up. Was I supposed to do that before or after they threw a grenade at me? Aisha? Dunya says again. More alarm in his voice. We could have tried something. Anything. Reed screams, getting in Aisha's face. We could have... Aisha! Do you know what? I agree. Could have talked to them. Could have talked to the hive. (laughs) <laughs> could have talked to the fallen. We could have done something that wasn't just shoot them. Could have talked to them. I agree, Reed. Why the fuck aren't we talking to them? Yeah. Bungie said the thing that I've been thinking for ages. Why didn't we just talk to them? <laughs> they said the words. They said the magic words. Me and Reed on the same level. They said the words. And, and this is the thing I love about Reed. He's a titan. And he's mm-hmm. showing that that forethought. He's showing that empathy. Yeah. How is it any different? They were stripping wires from the walls. They weren't trying to hurt anyone. Exactly. It's the same thing I was saying. <laughs> God, how long ago? Why the fuck are we protecting the moon? Who cares about the moon? <laughs> who actually cares about K1 communion because it is not me. <laughs> and nope. Well, and, and K1 communion haunted as fuck. They can have it. <laughs> I don't want it. Well, and <laughs> not me. And I personally tend to look at things the way Aisha does. Mm-hmm. You know, they open fire on me first. Why am I going to try talking if they're just trying to kill me we didn't even try to talk to them though <laughs> well and and it, it's it's funny because at the very beginning of the the witch queen campaign like i try and walk past the cabal every time and every time oh, i know me too they start firing at me i'm like okay mm-hmm. this is how it goes and they're totally the ones on our side too yeah which is, it boggles the mind. I'm like, why are you shooting at me? Yeah. Like, y'all, 
we're on the same side. You're wearing blue. I'm not supposed to shoot at you. Why are you shooting at me? <laughs> and then like Kyle's like, you fucking killed my guys. And I'm like, bitch, please. Your guy shot at me first. What am I supposed to do? Hide in my smoke and like sneak past all of them and not kill any of them. But like, that's that's the same argument. It's the same argument as as what Aisha's saying here. They're throwing grenades. They're firing at you. And Reed wants to try and talk. Like I, I understand. There's a. I understand where he's coming from, and and you by extension. But like, there comes a point where it's like talk is not a feasible thing anymore. Peace was never an option. There's a difference between a couple of like fallen in K1 communion stripping wires from the walls <laughs> and then a like a whole legion of cabal that are not supposed to shoot at me who are now shooting at me or a whole squad you know? of light bearer hive popping their supers and just rushing at me Oh my god. Granted, I shot at them first. <laughs> that was my fault. I apologize. Same difference, though. For shame. <laughs> I know. What was I supposed to do? They were scary. <laughs> but I'm, I'm getting at the fact that it's such a similar situation. Kind of. And, and like... I understand that this one is a lot less than the other two examples. I mean, this one, it, it could have been just three vandals and drags, you know? Right. It could have been, like, very few. Yeah. Which, at that point, it's like, yeah. hey, you know, stop firing. Like, I, I can see that like, point. Like, you can have these. We don't want them. Like, yeah. I can see that point. But, like, if it's a whole platoon... And they're all firing at you? Yeah, there's a difference. There needs to be, like, kind of a limit. Uh, did we know Aisha's ghost's name before this? Uh, I don't think so. Well, cool. We got Aisha's ghost's name. That's neat. Uh, I'm going to look it up real quick. No, this is the first time we actually got it. Cool. Well, we got a new ghost's name. That's cool. Yep. Like, so rarely they actually bother to name ghosts. <laughs> so, I think that's neat. Exactly. I like that. I I like that. I do, too. Yeah. It's kind of nice. Is there anything else that you have for this one? Not really. Um, I do think the stress of Shaira not being with them... And it's interesting that they are off doing random tiny little like missions away, mm -hmm. you know? Yeah. Like, so they're, they're probably were told by Zavala or whoever is coordinating them. Like, yeah, you need to go off and like go stay busy away from here. Like, there's nothing you can do, you know? Yeah. Like, sitting around and just waiting for a trial, which is going to take forever. Especially since 
the governing body is literally two people. Right. Yeah, since they the three people who else who were also on the governing body and also the speaker are all gone. Yep. One of them was killed and the other two fucked off to space. And um yeah, the speaker was killed. So there's nobody else except two people. One of them's on Mars. I think Ikora is still on Mars. Oh no, she's back in the tower. Yeah, she's in the tower. Yeah, they're both back in the tower, but they're busy. Yeah, I don't know. They're probably told, like, you can't. We're not going to hold a. I don't know what you would have, like, a just a trial, a hearing. It would. We're not going to hold a hearing forever. It would be a hearing. Yeah. I think a lot of that is because things have just gotten backed up. I mean, it would be important because not a whole lot of people are off killing guardians. Yeah, but, like, if she's locked up and willingly staying there. Yeah, then you really can't do anything about it. If she's just there. Like, the at, at that point, and she's a guardian. So, like, at that point, the urgency to do that trial isn't there. No, because she's just there forever. Yeah. Do you want to continue on? I, yeah. I mean, I was just thinking about, like, how would you keep her, like, in prison? You could just, like de-res her and then just like put her ghost in a jar less about putting the ghost in the jar but more about like putting that light restricting technology on it or whatever i think that's like real bad corporal punishment though anyway i'm gonna read this next one (laughs) okay these are the gloves um, the hunter gloves are called the atavistic idol grips. The Titan gloves are called the atavistic idol gauntlets and the warlock ones are just the gloves. We believe she's also responsible for the dead guardian and elixir we found on Venus. We haven't identified which dead ghost belongs to the guardian Vanguard security report excerpt. Moon ocean of storms. Anchor of light. The Vanguard won't hold a military tribunal in the middle of a war. Reed Seven is a voice of reason. He stands in the doorway of the derelict moon base, fusion rifle held in a relaxed grip. The still smoldering bodies of Hive Thrall are scattered around the room. That's not comforting, the woman at Reed's back says. Aisha shoulders past him, leading with the barrel of her scout rifle, sweeping the area for any remaining targets. The last thing I want is Shay languishing in some some kind of vanguard prison cell for however long this goes on for, or until we're all dead. Raid 7 finishes. Aisha says nothing. This isn't the end of the world, Aisha, but we have to reach the bottom before we can climb to the top again. This isn't the bottom? Aisha asks, tilting her head to the side mockingly. She steps over to one of the blown-out windows and gestures to the massive silhouette of the Leviathan hanging over the moon, a crimson stream of nightmares spiraling up into its open maw. Because it sure as hell looks like it is. And what, the Vanguard has us out here doing... doing new light patrols? They can't afford to give us leave, 
no matter how much we need it. Reed pleads. We have to stay active. Contribute. We lost too many new guardians already with the Lucent Hive assault on the Cosmodrome. We can't... (sighs) We can't afford to lose anyone else. We have to do everything we can. Aisha leans one arm against the broken window frame, head hung low. Yeah, she whispers. Yeah. They're taking it really hard. Yeah. And I mean... They really are. It's understandable because how much time they spend together, they've grown so attached to each other. Mm Mm-hmm. I mean, they go into combat with each other. Right. It's it's bonding to a whole other level. Right. I understand why they're feeling this way. And especially with the fact that the Vanguard just has them doing busy work. Right. Yeah, like it says here, and what, the Vanguard has us out here doing doing new light patrols? Right. So, like, they're doing busy work. I mean, it's the same thing that I was saying before. Yep. Get off the fucking moon. You don't need to be on the moon. The moon is bullshit. What are you doing on the moon? Killing fallen who are pulling wires out of the walls. You don't fucking need that. <laughs> Stop. Get off the moon. Like, you don't need to be on the moon. Just don't be on the moon. There's no reason to be. Yeah. I'm just so surprised, especially with like not sunsetting shadow keep now. I'm just like, why are we, why are we going to be on the moon forever? Can we just get rid of the moon? <laughs> Can we sunset the moon, please? And, and yeah, like I, I agree. It, it's the moon is just a host of problems. Part of the reason why the Vanguard hasn't completely abandoned, you know, pulled forces away from the moon. Mm-hmm. Is because of like what Callus was doing in Season of the Haunted. Yeah. Uh-huh. uh-huh. Like that is exactly what the Vanguard feared, and it's actually happening. You know, yeah. some outside force is trying to take control of the lunar pyramid. But like, why don't you just put people right outside the pyramid and get everyone else off the moon? Yeah. If they're so strapped for people, there's like no reason to be on the moon. It just doesn't make any sense. I'm just anti-moon. Because I don't like the moon. <laughs> it's just me though. What what why why are you hating on Luna? Don't like it. <laughs> um I'm uh, I'm surprisingly right there with you. Yeah, that's not surprising at all. The moon is terrible. So, uh, unsurprising, we don't have any of these in order. So, it wouldn't be a Shira's um, story without all of our shit being out of order. <laughs> yeah. Um, so, the gloves actually should probably come before the chest piece, which was the... Yeah. So, like, we apologize, listeners. It, I mean, do we, though? It's a typical Shira story. 
I mean, yeah, with us, it's all out of order. With us trying to figure out what order it all goes in and us having no clue. <laughs> Just p- put numbers on it, Bungie. <laughs> Number your shit. <laughs> so I don't have to guess. <laughs> so we get for like, even I've read these before and I should have known better, but I'm like, eh, I forgot. It's been a while. Uh, same honestly mm-hmm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. but if you're gonna take you know all the blame then that's that's perfectly fine wow <laughs> rude <laughs> rude what the heck what the heck <laughs> okay am i reading the next part no i'll read it okay You read it. So this is the boots. Uh, For the hunter, it's the atavistic idle strides. For Titan, it's greaves. And for warlocks, it's boots. The flavor text reads, We're notifying fire team members and life partners as we identify the ghost remains. It's going to take a while. Vanguard Security Report excerpt. Moon. Ocean of Storms, K1 Communion. Red light floods over Dunya's black and gold shell. The tiny ghost's monocular blue eye bobs up and down as he tracks backwards through the air, taking in the presence of an ethereal figure hovering above. Aisha and Reed turn at Dunya's chirp of alarm, guns drawn. But as they train their sights on the rogue nightmare shimmering in front of them, Neither one can fully commit their aim. Aisha is the first to whisper an expletive in shock at the sight. Arguing about which of you is as terrible as I am? The Nightmare of Shayura asks, turning her crimson stare away from Dunya's retreating form. Heaven forbid you be as awful as your murderous friend. Aisha is frozen in confusion, hands trembling on the grip of her scout rifle. Shay. The word comes out of her mouth as little more than a hoarse whisper. The nightmare of Shayura floats slowly through the air toward Aisha and Reed, smiling when Dunya hides behind his guardian and transmats away. First comes the guilt. The nightmare croons. Then the shame. Then the denial. I know the patterns well. She wags a finger back and forth, chidingly. How soon before you forget me? Find a new warlock to bask in their well. Pretend that I never existed. Shay. Shay. Aisha can't even string her words together. Not until she feels Reed's metal hand clamp down on her shoulder. When she looks at him, his expression is one of resolve, not fear. It's then that she remembers the instructions Eris had given about how to survive on the moon if ever the nightmares came for them with familiar faces, familiar voices. 
Aisha looks back at the nightmare of Shaira and whispers, I'm sorry. Oh, man, that was... That was... I mean, imagine seeing your friend that you're... You hunted down because she's, like, off killing people, and now you're seeing nightmares of her because you're just as fucked up about it as she is. Right? Well, and, and at this point, like, Aisha has the guilt because she was the one who who led the charge to bring Shira in. Yeah. This is so rough. It's it's the small details like this that that make this story so amazing. It really is. I mean, we also learned um, last season that you can have nightmares of people that are still alive. Yes. But this also confirms it for us. Because for a long time during, um, oh God, what book is that? Help me. Um, it starts with an R. Uh, Revelations? Yeah. So for a long time during Revelations, um, we weren't quite sure how the nightmares worked. We didn't know if the person had to be dead or if they were just like seeing things because it was just like generated by the pyramid. You know? Yeah. Or if it really was like some kind of fucking ghost or something. <laughs> or like, is the moon actually haunted? <laughs> so, I mean, this at least confirms like in lore, no, they don't have to be dead. Right. Which, like, obviously, like, during the season that also confirmed it but well i mean like it was nice to see that this confirms that they don't have to be dead exactly yeah and i mean there were confirmation there were little bits of of lore specifically about like you know saint seeing osiris if he ever got close to the moon Mm -hmm. and osiris is just in a coma not dead Mm-hmm. So, like, there, there's little bits of of guardians talking about seeing people who are still alive, but this is an actual scene. It's not just people talking about it. You know, this actually was a thing. Yeah, and I think that's the major difference. Right, that's a good point. I think it's interesting that Eris gave them instructions on how to survive the nightmares. Like, I feel, I feel like Eris gave people like packets of like, this is what you do if you like encounter nightmares. <laughs> like, if you are going to the moon to do patrols, this is how you like avoid nightmares. You must accept the, moon. the grief and <laughs> yeah. You must move past the grief and also put a salt circle around yourself. Like, find something for the person. <laughs> like, you have to, like, well, then, that you have to live through. And then you have to, you know, I'm just, like, thinking of what we had to do to, like, have her get rid of the nightmares for, like, each of her fire team members. I, I was about to bring that up. <laughs> it was, like, 
such a long process. Like, I, no. I was about to bring that up because that's where she learned it. Right. That is where Eris learned it, was us helping her grieve her fire team. It's crazy long. So, like, everything that the Guardians have been told about the nightmares is because we helped Eris. Yeah. <laughs> like, as messy as Shadowkeep was and as kind of meh, yeah. As the the campaign and you know some of the quests were like it had some amazing story. Mm-hmm. It really did. And I think it was the first time that Destiny really went through like mental health and trauma. Yes. And like really talked people through it. Because, I mean, like, we knew the story of Eris and her fire team, but they never really, like, talked about the aftermath. Right. And, and I mean, there's, there's, some tra- there's some tragic stuff with, with Cade, but, like, yeah. this was the first time that they dove in and was like, hey, well, this is the grieving process. We're going to help Eris through mm-hmm. this. And I think it was really necessary, especially after we lost Cade, because we didn't really get to grieve him. Right. So we kind of went through that with her, with her fire team. We went through every step kind of alongside with her. I think that's important. A little bit. Absolutely. Yeah. Crazy. Anyway, there's one more. All right. So this is the class item. This is the last item. Um, For the hunter, it's the atavistic idol cloak. For the Titan, it's the atavistic idol mark. And for the Warlock, it's the atavistic idol bond. The flavor text reads, With the consensus disbanded, there's no telling how long this could take to go to trial. Given the current situation, we might all be dead before that happens. Vanguard Security Report excerpt. Earth, last city, detention facility. The first steps to healing are learning to forgive yourself. That's a hard one, I know. Dr. Saida Uzair sets her data pad aside, then sits forward in her chair. She folds her hands in front of herself. A tiny beaded chain is wrapped around one hand and a small bone charm of the Traveler is pressed into her right palm. Shaira, whether or not a court of law finds you guilty of your actions in any measure, you are still held accountable to the court of your own conscience. Across from Dr. Uzair, Shaira is slouched in her chair. She stares past her doctor out the narrow windows and looks to the looming figure of the Traveler hanging in the sky. It seems so much bigger compared to the projections she chooses to display in her cell. Who judges them? Shaira asks, motioning to the window with her chin, to the Traveler. Dr. Uzair turns, glancing over her shoulder at the Traveler. Her grip on the charm tightens. I don't know, is her immediate answer, but the question will burrow its way through her mind, surfacing again when she lies down in bed tonight. 
I understand the human condition far better than a god's. Maybe the traveler abandoned us because it's ashamed of us, of what we've done in its name. Shara's voice is small, weary. An alert flickers on Dr. Uzair's data pad, momentarily drawing her attention away. Shara fills the silence with a sigh. Maybe, Dr. Uzair says, though she doesn't believe it. But maybe we're all just short on hope these days. I'd like to extend our session a little longer, if you're willing. Would you mind if we did so with some guests? Concern flashes across Shire's face. Defensiveness. Shame. She sits up slightly in her seat. Dr. Uzair can see the tension. When we speak of forgiveness, sometimes it helps to first be forgiven. Dr. Uzair says with a tempered smile. Shire glances to the data pad, then back to her doctor. Reed Seven and Aisha would like to see you. Tears well in Shire's eyes. Her voice of dissent evaporates. Shire realizes there is one thing she can still have faith in. Her family. Oh, damn. Oh. Oh, damn, that hit... That hit a certain way. Um... Did it. So... Shaira is talking to a psychologist. We did ask in the very beginning, do they have psychologists in the last <laughs> city? The answer is yes. <laughs> we have now seen that they do. Lore answer. Lore, lore question has been answered. Go us. Yes. Right. Mm-hmm. And, and even... It's been answered. And even more than that, like... Shira is getting therapy. Yes. It's amazing. I love it. Like, rather than just letting her sit in a, a jail cell until the trial, which may never come. Not when they're at war with God, with the darkness. They're... <laughs> right. They might all die. Right. Like, rather than than letting her rot away... They're actually trying to help her. So, like, this this Dr. Uzair is, is trying to help her come to terms with, like, how she's feeling about the Traveler and, and you know, her overall situation. And then, <laughs> oh. And then she goes... You know, but maybe we're all just short on hope these days. I'd like to extend our session a little longer, if you're willing. Would you mind if we did so with some guests? And she brings in Shira's fire team. And it's it's that moment of clarity where Shira's like, I can't rely on any of the world except for my fire team. You know, except for my found family. That just, like, really hits you. Yeah. Like, when you know that, like, the people you've chosen to be your family are, like, the people that you know you can rely on. It's really nice <laughs> that they've included that in the lore and in the story, and you can, like, really connect with it. 
and it like really speaks <laughs> to you you know yeah yeah you're such a mess right now i am i i'm god <laughs> get a hold of yourself i'm kidding have your moment i love you oh uh, it, it's it hit a certain way it's really nice you're gonna make me emotional i wasn't even <laughs> emotional when i read it now you're like making me all weepy and shit and damn it all mess. <laughs> fuck uh. it's so nice it really i mean like it's gonna take a lot but it's nice that they came back from the moon probably after seeing like the horrible nightmare right and being like no we need to see her like we can't do this like fuck this like we need to be together and and then Shire just being like i i can't be alone you know yeah it's nice yeah we do have um something that goes with it don't we yes uh so do you want to read it so along with the full armor set uh there were two do you want to read this one first yeah there were two weapons that were introduced during the season uh for trials of osiris the one i will be reading is the burden of guilt it's a fusion rifle and the flavor text reads first we face the past only then can we turn to the future dr syed uzair I mean, that completely encompasses what they just talked about in that session. Exactly. And like a lot of it is, is it's the same with, you know, therapy for actual people in real life. Like they're, they're looking at the past, trying to understand why things are affecting a person a certain way. That way they can start working around it or working with it. And it just, I like it. I do too. I'm going to be reading the forgiveness sidearm that also came out uh, the same season. The flavor text reads, we all seek it, though few find it. The brave offer it and humble learn from it. What am I? Dunya. Ghost of Aisha. It's a nice little, you know, whatever. <laughs> but it's true. Yeah. We all seek forgiveness and few find forgiveness, especially in this day of age, because no one wants to. It seems like so few people offer forgiveness anymore. Yeah. Everyone is like so quick to, to judge like burn and everyone else and cancel and mm -hmm. burn it any bridges like so few people yeah so few people just like say yeah i forgive you the brave offer it and the humble learn from it <laughs> it's hard it is it's hard to offer forgiveness to people it is something to think about did you like the armor set i did like i i did too i like i love shira's story me too it's my favorite. <laughs> right? Like I love Shayer's story. It's like Shin Malfur's story 2.0. It's 
better because <laughs> we get more of it. And it's like with Shinmal first story, like we didn't get the aftermath. That's fair. Like this is the aftermath. Once we got to like the big reveal of his master plan. Yeah, I was like, I'm out. Bye. (laughs) There was one last letter and then it was like, peace. Yeah, I was like, I'm done now. It's like, but you're not though. Right. With this, at least there's there's so much more. And and they can dive so far into it. Like they can they can continue on with the the fire team you know in modern day they yeah. can dive into some of their earlier adventures they could like at this point like i'm so invested in the fire team that they could just give me small scenes of missions they've done and i i would be happy they could give me like they could give me them visiting shaira like like they could give me her entire trial <laughs> like on like right? like a days at a time on weapons and i'd be like yes <laughs> what happened to day 57 <laughs> like please oh, someone had some water awesome <laughs> like <laughs> i'd be totally okay with that like i mean like please don't do that but I, <laughs> if that was all i got i'd be okay with it well and i, I mean hell like this this last entry was literally a therapy session yeah and like the the story has evolved and and grown to the point that like the therapy session was an important thing for for the character and for us to actually see right <laughs> and i don't know what what other franchise could have done something like that Absolutely. Because exactly. Because like we see therapy sessions all the time in TV shows and movies and whatever else. Mm-hmm. But it's just kind of like, oh yeah, that that character is in therapy. Yeah. No big deal. Mm-hmm. But here, like we see, it's making an impact. Yeah. It's good. Oh man. I really like it. It's it's just really good. I really like her story. I did too. Yeah. So Orchid, shout outs. Hmm. Oh, geez. Um, I usually like shout out people. Shout out the, the, my, my group chat. You all know who you are. All 20 of you. Jeez. I have a 21 is counting myself like person group chat and it's fucking crazy. It's just there's so many of us. I'm just gonna leave it at that. Like you guys keep me entertained and you're all really nice and I love all of you. They call me grandma because I'm like one of the older people on it. Ages. <laughs> I was about to say, like, you're not that old. <laughs> I know, but I'm for like all of us in there, like the youngest one is 15 and I'm like oh, one Jesus. of the oldest. So they call me grandma. Yeah. At that point, like I'm the, I'm the grandma. They, they could just call you mom. I know I'm grandma. I like grandma. It's fine. I'm okay with it. Jeez. 
so how about you? Shout outs? Yeah. Shout out to my girlfriend. We spent the weekend just watching The Orville. <gasps> I love that show. She just discovered it. Oh my God. Tell me everything about what she thinks of it. Oh, sh- like she called Isaac and, and Dr. Claire being in love with each other and and that there are certain things that she's said and i'm sitting here with knowledge of like the newest season and i'm like i'm not gonna say a word because if i do it's gonna spoil things baby girl (laughs) but she just got to the third season and she's about to watch the two most heart-wrenching episodes of the show. So, like, I told her, after every episode, message me what you think. That's going to be a treat. Hold on. Which two episodes are you talking about? Uh, The two Topas. Oh, no. And... Okay, yeah. And um, I forget what the actual episode is called, but it's the one directly after that. Okay. Yeah. With Gordon. That one just tore at me. <laughs> so I am waiting. That's so sad. Like Oh my god. It, it's it's two very strong topic episodes, one right after another. Yeah. No, that's true. Okay. <laughs> so like I am waiting to see what she says. Yeah, no, that's yeah, okay. And and all of this was and all of this was after like she witnessed Isaac commit suicide. She's already a little bit distraught from the season. It's because it's hard. That season is really trauma traumatizing, traumatic. Traumatic is the word I'm looking for. It is. But it's some of the best storytelling I've seen on in TV. Like in a long while. No, that that Gordon episode really messed me up. Like I was just okay. I was just in tears for like twenty minutes. Yeah. Okay. No, I do have a different shout out. Shout out to uh, Lower Decks, the newest season. It's so good. If you're not watching Lower Decks' (laughs) Star Trek show, I don't know what you're doing with your life. Like, go fucking watch it. It's really funny. The first episode had callbacks to First Contact, my favorite Star Trek movie. (laughs) (laughs) And it had the music in it. And it had, like, the callback to the statue of Zephram Cochran that's, like, on the um the place of like where they were in montana that they talk about in the movie which is like such a deep fucking cut (laughs) of star trek that like you have to know the movie to know that they talk about the statue that they talk about to zephram cochran and they have magic carpet ride is in the episode and like all this stuff they have this dumb hat and they have like all these things they have like the coat is in the background (laughs) they have like churros because they've turned it into like a disneyland essentially it's so great it's so good i love it so much 
everything about it is so good, but they had the music from First Contact and like my eyes were like welling up because like that's my favorite piece of music from Star Trek like ever mm. is first the First Contact it, First co- Contact theme is my fir- absolute favorite piece of music and I've played it in Symphony before. Nice. We had a like a play along thing with the Eugene Symphony and I'm watching it with Rez and he's like, what's wrong with you? And I'm like, I love this so much. (laughs) And like you hear like magic carpet ride when they pop it in and he's like, yeah, let's go. (laughs) Like, like you want to like fist pump, like when the music is playing because it's so good. (laughs) Just like, it's super into it. Like, God damn it. This is so good. It's such a good show. What are you doing if you're not watching it? It's my shout out. It's my realsy shout out. Also to my my group chat because they're all very funny. <laughs> but Lower Decks is really good. It's so good. It's so satisfying if you're really into Star Trek. Okay. <laughs> well, mm-hmm. this is the part of the episode we like to give special thanks. Thank you, Star Trek, for being Star Trek. <laughs> Uh, the audio for this episode was produced by Rindel Zivas. You can find him on Twitter at Rindel Zivas. The artwork and music in this episode is copyright Bungie. We're able to use it under their fair use policy because they love their content creators. Yeah, they do. If you'd like to dive into Destiny lore on your own, visit Ishtar-Collective.net. They're the resource we use to make our show notes. Ooh. Thank you, Baxter. Thank you, Baxter. You're the best. And final reminders. You can find us on Twitter at Guardians underscore lore, at Hey It's Orchid, or at I underscore M underscore Elemist. You can email us at Guardians underscore lore at Outlook.com. You can leave us a five-star review wherever you find the podcast. Oh, look at you. Five-star review. The correct <laughs> number of stars. Uh, You're so sneaky. You can also join our Discord. The invite is down in the episode description, but if you want to type it out, it's discord.gg slash lorehub. If you'd like to support the podcast, you can visit ko-fi.com slash guardians underscore lore. Every little bit helps, and we greatly appreciate it. Thank you. So, Orchid, say goodnight. No. Orchid. I'm kidding. Good night. <laughs> Sorry. Good night. Good night. Good night. In your face! Something, something. I need to eat because I'm like going to go crazy if I don't eat something. Good night in your face. Otters. Good night. <laughs> That's not intended. Good night, otters. <laughs> <laughs>